I'm Sriram, and I'm the founder of Shop and Pal. And you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp, and uh, again, it's my job to go and find the most interesting people that we can talk to as app developers, as entrepreneurs, as people in the startup community. So I am thrilled today because I've got someone who has a portfolio of apps. They've got it running a team. They have millions of downloads, and uh, and also they love apps, which is actually a very high criteria for getting on this show. So uh, I just want to introduce uh, Eric Ruley. He is is the uh, he's with Overpass apps and uh, if you need any links just go to the appguy.co and search for episode 226 and you'll see all the links to everything we'll talk about so Erica uh, it's a warm welcome to you on the app guy oh, thank you very much for having me Paul uh, I have to ask you I mean Overpass apps how did you get started with this perhaps you can tell us your story uh, yeah, well, basically, I, I've been a software developer for the last 17 years, and uh, I've, I've been working for a lot of uh, different organizations, first like as a, as a permanent employee, and then later on as a contractor, and I, I kind of always wanted to do my own thing. Uh, I, my background is when I, was, uh, when I just got out of uh, high school, I, I joined the, uh, the Army in the United States, and uh, they, they taught me to speak uh, Chinese Mandarin and Vietnamese. And, and around 2003, I kind of thought, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to be, you know, offshoring was kind of becoming a big thing, which it never became as big as everybody said it was going to be. But uh, I kind of thought, well, maybe I could use my software development skills and work with offshore uh, people and kind of be like a, like a middleman, like a, like a lead developer and work with over, offshore teams. And so I set up a company and, uh, and for about 10 years, I did really nothing with it. I mean, it was like, uh, you know, I contracted at, at, at banks, uh, at investment banks and, um, you know, and uh, companies like BBC and and Macmillan, and and it was pretty pretty well paid as a as an IT contractor, but I still really wanted to do my own things, and uh, and you know I had this idea for an app, and I thought, well, you know, well I've had you know loads of ideas. I think like lots of software developers, you have ideas that come and go, or maybe even start writing some code, and then you know maybe it peters out, you know, like a like a task management system or whatever. Uh, and I had this idea for an an app. Uh, and uh, and and it just sort of I thought, yeah, I, I you know I sort of asked some of my uh, people around me say, what, what do you think of this this app for a, like a, I had this idea that um, you can use an, a phone like to to augment your hearing because you could you know you could turn up the volume really high just have the volume go go through the microphone into the headphones and you have a, an equalizer and you could try to fine tune out that that white noise and and stuff and and. Uh, and then, and I thought, and, and you can also spy on people. So, like, if somebody's talking about you, you can listen to it. You can have Bluetooth and, and put it in another room. And uh, and pretty much everyone said, "Nah, it's, it sounds creepy." And uh, but but I went ahead and did it anyway. You know, I kind of started on my own code. I started coding it myself. And uh, it wasn't long before I realized it was going to take me a long time working a full time job and and doing this app at the same time. Uh, so I so I. Uh, went with an Indian company uh, and I just sort of, you know, wrote up some specs, you know, checked, you know, through the code. We, we came up with the and- Android version of EarSpy uh, first uh, and, uh, and then the iOS version. Uh, and then, you know, kind of taking the company, which was, you know, supposedly an offshore, offshoring company, but really was my, my contracting vehicle and, uh, and moving that more towards uh, doing just apps. So kind of getting, getting rid of everything else. I say let's do uh, do more apps, and and from from that app, that app really took off. That first one, 
Well, that's lucky yeah. that you had your first one take yeah. off. And we've, we've got such a shared experience because I uh, did an app myself uh, for uh, tinnitus sufferers. And it's those sufferers that hear ringing in their ear. And okay. uh, I actually built that thing and uh, it plays uh, examples of what tinnitus is like for uh, um, tinnitus sufferers and they can play it to their wives and their friends and say look this is what I have to put up with every day and uh, and so it sounds very similar but you had a lot more success than I did with downloads I think you got millions is that right yeah yeah that that, that one has millions it didn't have millions to begin with I think I can remember after it went live the the first few days uh, you know we put it live and I thought you know it, it was the kind of thing where it took like I, I the Indian company say yeah take us about five weeks and it took them like like eight or you know eight or ten and uh yeah and finally when it went live i was kind of like i was over the idea by then you know <laughs> i was on the market and the first review came it went live and i kind of uh i was at work and i came home and i mentioned to to one of my kids i said you know that you know that ear spy has gone live now and he looked it up on his phone he said oh you have a review i said oh, oh you know and uh, you know I'm waiting for him to say, he says, oh, WTF, this sucks. And that was the first review. <laughs> and it was just like, it just, my heart sank. And I thought, oh, well, you know, well, we tried, you know, let's, you know, you, you never know until you try. This is a good, you know, trying to, you know, not to cry, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, oh, well, you know, uh, reviews, we can get into a whole subject yeah. on oh, that, yeah. can't we? I mean, let's face yeah. it, I think that it's skewed towards, uh, uh, negative reviews you know the whole oh, market yeah. because it's like you never hear it from anybody if they love it but if they hate it that you can hear a lot so uh it, they, i feel apple especially needs to do something about that yeah uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's all hot and cold with, with my apps uh but uh but yeah so and, and then i think when the after like a three days it had 120 downloads on on android and i thought uh, wow, I can't believe it's been that high. And then it kept going up, and I thought, wow, when it gets to 1,000, I'll be able to say I have an app with 1,000 downloads. Because to me, that seemed like a lot. And, uh, and then it got to 1,000 and 5,000. And then it kind, of, it kind of peaked at like 800 a day for like six months or so. And, uh, and, then, it, um, uh, and, well, you know, and then we took it and, and did other things. I mean, it was, it's kind of like a – I, I kind of see it as my, as my – it's my car to thrash. You know, It's like you know, oh, if I want to test something, I, I could test it on EarSpy. Although usually I don't now because that makes all the money, but I'll, I'll, you know, at the time it was kind of, uh, you know, let's experiment with, uh, with doing new things. So I think the biggest uh, success we had was with globalizing it, and uh, uh, we like um, the United States is the biggest user base, but the second uh, largest is um, Brazil. So since we had it done into Portuguese and, and loads of other languages, uh, but uh, but yeah, so it, it, right now it gets about between three to five thousand downloads a day on Android. Um, uh, and iTunes is more like you know five or six hundred, so it's not it's not um, it's not Angry Birds or anything, but it's it's doing really well. Uh, well, I think there's a lot of people listening who would be very uh, envious of that you know position because it's it's great and uh, we have to celebrate it. I just had a, a chat with someone who was uh, getting maybe five thousand downloads in total, and they've raised uh, a lot of money from a, an angel. So uh, wow, it's uh, well, I guess we can't really. Is, is is downloads a good benchmark still to uh, assess the um, the ability for something to make money? Is that still what you focus on, or is there, there other things within the metrics that you tend to focus on more than downloads? Well, see, I seem to make I, I, well, I make more money through ads than I do through purchases. So I kind of see it as um, I'm I'm more interested in getting the downloads up. Uh, and if you know, it's in terms of making money, I, I notice when there's a when there's a spike, then the 
the ad revenue goes up for that day. So that's you know that's something. Although ad revenue is not very high. I mean, it's um, uh, I guess I'm making about a hundred quid a day through ad revenue. So it's not it's not uh, it's not enough to live off of. But it's you know it's enough to. Uh, it depends where you're living, Eric. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's, you know <laughs> There's a lot of app developers who uh, downsize to be able to live off that. But uh, how, how? I mean, I'd love to have a chat. You know, we've had a lot of episodes on this uh, series of the App Guy podcast, and uh, the m- most talked about ones are when we get into the realm of advertising and how to monetize through ads. Some developers don't get uh, any success with that uh, ads. Uh, what what have you learned with ads? What can you share and help us with in regards to monetizing through ads? Well, I've tried. I, I think because because Android is my biggest platform, I've tried to use other um, ad platforms like RevMob and ChartBoost and things like that. And I just found that I keep going back to AdMob just because I, I have a higher fill rate. Uh, and every time I seem to move, I sometimes it seems like it's like a sometimes moving ad networks feels like moving a fish tank like things are just sloshing all over the way then you wait for things to settle to find out you know where you know how how bad off am i am i on this new network or not but um uh it's i started out doing banner ads and then i introduced when i did introduce interstitial ads it was kind of once every four opens i thought that was fair uh and um and i spoke to a representative from admob saying well most people have it on every open and um, and that was kind of like I was like I didn't want to upset my users, and then I realized that um, you know well they are getting a free app. I mean everybody expects there to be advertisements. My whole thing was and and I know when we when we have uh, an overpass as clients, they say well I don't really like ads, and, and the truth is nobody likes ads, and I'm sure anybody who makes a. a a one-hour drama doesn't want to put ads in the middle of it, but that's how it gets paid for. Everybody expects that. So, um, you know, as as the creators of something, we don't want ads. But um, yeah, I think I I, I kind of got a bit ruthless with them on some apps. Uh, I, I don't do anything sneaky like like jump up and and make you click them or anything. But I, I will, uh, you know, kind of put them in there more often, or or just try to see how far I can push it before I need to release another one where I remove them. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, different strategies. I was just thinking uh, today as we're recording this, uh, the my kids were in the morning playing with an uh, app that they just recently downloaded. And uh, the developer is very clever because his, uh, uh, his ad, uh, maybe a banner ad or something, uh, pops up just above the start uh, or where you pre- press play and it's, oh, yeah. t- it's on a timer. So <laughs> he's obviously worked out that you know it takes uh, point five seconds to press this thing so it comes up as 0.3 seconds and uh, you end up accidentally hitting it so uh so tell us yeah, about inter- interstitial ads and yeah. uh, i'd love to know how you're actually putting those in uh you know like what what have you learned from where uh you said something about how uh four um four, every four opens but uh where, whereabouts do you put them i i put them see i was putting them just after I was putting that the second time you open it. So I, I have um, I have a few dialog boxes that show up saying you need to use headphones with this application, otherwise you get audio feedback. And um, and and the logic was I, I won't show an ad if you have that because then it will cover that dialog box or whatever. Um, but in the end, I just I just put I just put that in there as well. Um, for me, I don't want to do it on the first open necessarily uh, because. It, I you know I want the first impression to be to be decent, but um, I, I think it's just whatever. There's a good transition on mine. It's really on, on the ear spy one. At least there's only one real screen, so it's um so I do it 
kind of if you close the app and open it again, like on resume, uh, or uh, yeah, if you open if you go to like another window and go back to that one. So just something which seems like a a natural point. I don't just bring it up in the middle, like uh, on a timer or anything like that. Uh, on other apps, we do it like like if if it's a game, we'll do it like at the end when you click replay, then show the interstitial there, and then launch into the next level. So I want to switch gears a little bit here, Eric, because the uh, apps to try listening to this, uh, a lot of the uh, feedback I get, uh, uh, what's it like to be you know, an indie app developer? What's it like to develop a portfolio of apps and then have revenue coming from the app stores? And I'd love to know what, what you feel like now as you're going through, you know, your business is growing. Uh, are you still working is this your primary source of income perhaps you can give us a feel for what it's like to to live your life as a as an app okay developer. yeah so this is this is the primary source of income at the moment is overpass so i've, I've got uh i've got the two sources of income actually I've, we, we're doing client work so we're doing apps for clients and we do and we got our own apps our own apps are much more fun obviously and then we're trying to you know and we learn more from them uh but uh but then usually we use that knowledge with with clients anyway uh up until the middle of last year i was working uh, I was working three days a week at a contract, and I and and the year before that, I was working full time at a contract. So it was um, it was getting up at <laughs> I wake up like at four thirty in the morning so I could come up and talk to my team. And then back then it was in India. Now I got my team in the Philippines, so make sure that I have time to work with them. And then when if I go off to to uh, to my contracting job, then I would go do that. Um, but uh, but now it's it's just working on this, and it's it's it's, it's peaks and valleys. You know, it's um, you working for a client, and you you have this whole new set of issues. Um, for me, it's it's kind of learning the whole sales side of things was is kind of a, a hurdle. Uh, you know, and, and and getting clients, and and uh, and also you know marketing the apps themselves. Um, I'm I've been on Twitter for years. But I still feel like um, like the old guy at the club when I'm on Twitter. You know, like like I'm just forcing the moves and you know <laughs> trying to look like I fit in here. Um, so so trying to get into into doing a lot of that, and it's also just trying to make sure that we have enough revenue coming in. It, it's strange about the App Store how it's so regular. Like you can almost predict where things are going. Um, you know, uh, like I get the same amount of downloads every day, uh, almost you know within a you know. Five six hundred, um, which is which is which is amazing. Uh, however, y- nobody really knows how long that's going to last. You know, I think when I was getting a thousand downloads a day, I was thinking, oh, you know, eventually at some point this has to go down. And, you know, and then uh, you know, it's just been so consistent. Uh, so, you know, yeah, that's really strange, isn't it? We've had other uh, interviews where there, there's a, a real trough, a peak and a trough. You know, so that. Uh, because of an event, you know, so Apple will promote you, and then you get uh, two hundred and fifty thousand downloads a day. Some some developers have had, uh, and then as soon as they stop promoting you, <laughs> you it goes down to uh, a handful. So uh, it's it's good to hear that you do see some consistency with you know what, you, what you're seeing from the App Store. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's uh, and it is making sure that it it ranks well for this the search engine. I think it was. I really am not a big fan of SEO. It's um, the the way they make it sound like a black art. But I think when it got to ASO, uh, that was something that I really took to heart. Uh, you know, like I, I need to figure out why this thing's not how to get those search rankings up. So like on Google Play, if you type in "spy," my app comes up 
the first or second, at least in the UK. I think in the US it does too. Um, however, sometimes it starts to slip and then I, you know, I could have got there and tweet a bit more about it and do all the, the magic stuff. You know, it's you know, nobody knows specifically if it works, but you know, I'll go out and mention it at some places and try to get some links in and uh, and things like that. Did uh, you out do you outsource any of that, or do you, is that no from I, your own I, experimenting? It's through my own experimenting. That's one of the things that I find very difficult to to outsource. Uh, I know there are people who will outsource content writing and uh, and SEO and. Uh, actually, not so true. I do have a friend who, who helps me with SEO, but uh, he's kind of in the Oxfordshire area. I don't know if I consider that outsourcing, but uh, outsourcing like overseas, I have gone with an Indian company. They were like really pressing me, you know, oh, we could get you, you know, we could get the emails, <laughs> we get your number one on Google. <laughs> yeah. also. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, so I went with them and I got some articles that were really poorly written. It was just like, oh, God, you know, that doesn't, you know, I think th- there's, you know, you want to, there's certain things that I don't think you can outsource. I don't think you can outsource your voice or even just, uh, you know, getting links in. Um, I know I have experimented, actually, no, I have experimented with Fiverr trying to get inbound links to my Google Play page for EarSpy and uh, one of the uh, Arabic learning games. And uh, I didn't really notice a, a difference. Um, but so that was... Um, I have to wonder sometimes with Fiverr, I do get addicted to looking through the gigs and see that, you know, occasionally you'll see for $5, I will tweet to my 1 million followers or whatever. (laughs) uh, So it's always, but I must admit, if anyone wants to go and try it out, then uh, Fiverr is always good fun to play on. And uh, I I just want to ask, are you you seeing uh, the good level of freedom that you thought you would running your own business and doing this whilst you're doing contracting? Is, uh, I mean, because for me, it's all about freedom. Do you feel like you're you're, uh, feeling that you're free? It, you know, some some days, some days I do. Some days it feels like, oh, things are you know, things are really going well. You know, I've got uh, I've got clients coming in. You know, I, I got a I got a I got a meeting this afternoon. I think I'll have a late breakfast you know, with my wife, and we'll and I'll go do that later. And then other days I'm like, oh God, I, I really got to you know, I got to get some money coming in. I got to you know, uh, knuckle down. I mean, it's a uh, uh, I think the uh, the app revenue is enough to cover just the bare minimum and then I need to take on some client work uh, on top of that so it's um, so th- there's a lot of stress involved there I think uh, going from being a being in an IT working in an IT department where everybody tells you pretty much exactly what you're supposed to do if you don't know follow somebody else to doing something on your own and kind of figuring out as you go and, and trying to read what you have to read I, I did join a, a mastermind group uh, uh, about a year and a half ago, the Mobile 10X group, uh, which which was um, ran by Patrice Archer, which was who was one of your guests before, and uh, and that was a big eye opener because before that I was kind of on my own. It was everybody was a doubter. Everybody was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're gonna do an app? Yeah, you think about apps is they don't make any money, and everybody in the world has their opinion about about whether or not you can make money with apps or or what you could do with apps, but. You know, once you actually, you know, leap out and start doing something with it, you know, I mean, none of them know for sure. You know, nobody knows for sure whether an app idea will work. No, exactly. And and and, what's it like with the clients as well? Because, I mean, one of the big challenges I had uh, when I was building apps for clients uh, is the uh, it it does add a level of uh, um, almost reporting because you're then reporting to 
uh, you know, the clients and you're having to do their work. And uh, it's one of the reasons why I set this podcast up, actually, because some of the clients I was working with a few years ago uh, were really frustrating me because uh, they just didn't value what I was doing. And so I wanted to kind of build up an authority in the space, hence the podcast. Yeah, it's it's really hard. I mean, one of the things that is there's the two types of clients. There's the the a, a small company that just wants to have an, an app to go into their system or whatever, and that's great. They're not looking to monetize. They're not looking to get rich. They're not looking to do anything. Else. It's uh, it's the other ones that they come up. I got this idea. I want you to sign an NDA. Uh, you know, do you think this will make? How much money do you think this will make me? How long do you think it will take before I make my money back? And that kind of stuff. And I, you know, I wish I could tell them. So I've got an app that does really well and brings me in a lot of revenue. And I got one sitting right next to it, which does nothing. You know, it's a, you know, it's you know, uh, yeah. If if I knew all the secrets, I wouldn't be talking to you. Uh, it, it is a little bit like a casino, isn't it? I guess you just have to roll the dice. And uh, as Seth Godin kind of alludes to that, it's just the art of keeping to keeping rolling that dice and keeping throwing it out there to try and get it to, to work. Absolutely. I mean, I had a call last year by somebody who wanted to do a, it was a Flappy Birds clone. I mean, it was, you know, Diamond Dozen Flappy Birds clone. And uh, he he was asking, he wanted me, he said he was talking to another app development company, he wanted to ask my opinion. And uh, he said they, they were going to charge him 28 grand for, uh, uh, to do his app. And, um, and, but he would make his money back within the first, you know, two to four months uh, through, you know, through revenue. And I thought, don't do it because he was gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna go take out a loan i'm gonna do all this kind of stuff I'm like no don't do that you know that sounds awful you know just you know put something minimal out there see how it does you know build it up from there um you know the the nice one thing i noticed a big difference between itunes and um and google play is google plays you get nothing at first and you have to build it up gradually itunes you get that first big hit and then you have to then you have to keep building on it but it's that first um that first seven days it really fills you with confidence and things just really drop off and um you know and but you can't use that as a strategy you kind of have to get something out there and then and then build it up see see how it does and and invest as, as little as possible well this is a genuine podcast this is another reason why we do this because we want to warn people that uh, don't you know just rely on uh, reading the news and seeing all the big buyouts of instagram and whatsapp and you know and expect you're going to be doing the same i get a lot of calls where people are saying yeah i've got this great idea and and they're throwing a lot of money and raising it on credit cards. And, and, and as you say, you just want to say, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to have something out there, uh, but, and, and building it, it's like the least, it's almost like the least of your worries. You know, it's, you know, build it for as, as little as you can. I mean, make sure the code's good and make sure it's robust and everything, but, you know, putting something out there, it's getting that that bit where you have to market it and getting it into in front of people and and you're you're dropping it into this hugely crowded app market, and you need to you need to think about how how are people going to find it, what kind of keywords are going to be searching on, um, you know, what's popular, what's likely to be popular. Uh, can you rely on search traffic alone? Are you going to use Facebook ads? If you're going to use Facebook ads, you're going to have you know Facebook logins. Are you going to do um, what is it? The, the big thing now is the um, your ideal customer. So finding out through Facebook that the, the ideal demographics for your customers so you can market just to them. Or, um, you know, there's so many things to think about. And so it's almost one of the things I say is I cannot guarantee that this app will be a success, but we can build it for you. Uh, and, you know, and we'll, we'll provide any advice we can. But, 
you know, I've got, you know, I know that apps can make money. I know that you can live off apps. However, you know, I've got some real duds too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I had started with those, I might not be in the position I was in. It's just made me think, it's actually made me think, Eric, that uh, it's a little bit like any gold rush with any different industry. If you look back, uh, you know, in terms of our history, especially in the UK, there's, we're littered with these things like uh, timeshare and, uh, (laughs) you know, derivative trading and all these different things where there's just uh, great stories of, um, you know, people making it rich, but then there's also the horrendous victims that lost a lot of money trying to pursue a gold rush. So, um, oh well, there's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye, Eric. Okay. Uh, one, one is that we love to try and flesh out new ideas, and I know that you love talking about new ideas. You mm-hmm. probably got a, um, a sheet where you write down new ideas. Do you have an app idea that you can share with us? If you do, it's great. If not, then we have another way of fleshing it out from you. I I would need everybody to sign a, a non disclosure agreement. First. <laughs> we can no, we can we can sort that out. <laughs> I just I, I yeah I carry around non disclosure agreements with me now, so people want me to talk about their idea. Uh, no, I I you know I really am excited about um, at Apps World last year in London. I I I there's the first time I saw the Google Cardboard and the virtual reality uh, type thing. So they they with a cardboard box and a phone to make something like the Oculus Rift. And uh, and I was really interested in that fully immersive experience, that kind of um, virtual reality stuff that we were kind of promised in the 90s. <laughs> so, and it, it really hasn't come. To, and that's something I would like to see somebody do a really good virtual reality app uh, using one of those kind of technologies where you could sit someplace quiet like in a cinema and not be bothered by anybody. Yeah, that sounds would, really I'll, depressing, doesn't it? That sounds <laughs> old man. <laughs> I think it's great. I mean, we've had another episode with uh, someone who's doing some really funky stuff with uh, virtual reality. But, you know, you mentioned uh, the, uh, the Google uh, Cardboard, which yeah. I, I think was showcased at the Google I.O. Uh, last year. Yes. And uh, at the same time, uh, my podcast was being showcased in the sandpit there with a, a number of, uh, of top apps. And, oh. uh, and they had it on a phone. Uh, no, no, sorry, a watch. And to see me and my logo and the app pumping out on a watch, I thought that uh, we are getting a little bit closer to um, wow. potentially uh, Star Trek stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pe- that's cool. People can listen to me on a, a, a watch. Yeah, oh yeah, Star Trek. And that's one thing I think with the iPhone. It's, you know, I don't even know why we call it a phone anymore. It's like the tricorder. It's that tricorder we always wanted. You know, in fact, it's even better. So it's... Uh... <laughs> well, there may be some ideas to come out of that. So if... Uh, uh, I guess that will give uh, the, tr- the the apps to tribe a little bit to go on. And the, f- <laughs> the final thing is then, uh, it's probably the best thing, is that we'd love to learn uh, about some new apps from you that you may use on your, in your bu- business or personal uh, life. Uh, have you got any recommendations that you think we may may not have heard about before? Uh, oh, um, If you need your phone, you can grab it. Yeah, I don't know if there's any that, that you've never heard of before. I mean, I'm a big fan of Tasker, and I know that's an old one on Android. Um but uh, I guess, I got, you know, I, I, I use you know, most of the things on my app are for, um, on my phone rather, are for checking on my app stats. So the App Annie app, the, uh, the AdSense app, uh, all of my apps uh, and, uh, and workout apps. I'm, I'm a big fan of the You Are Your Own Gym app. Just, you know, pick that up again after the new year. And uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. I'm, I, I, you you know, you've mentioned uh, three that have never been mentioned on the show before. So, uh, oh, have I? Oh, okay. 
<laughs> pretty good going uh tasker <laughs> app annie and you are your own gym app yes great yes. three excellent recommendations for people <laughs> listening you just go to the appguy.co it's episode 226 and i'll put links to those apps and uh, this other stuff eric it's wonderful chatting with you how best can we reach out and connect with you what's what's the best way well uh, uh my website is uh w at www.overpass.co.uk we're based in oxfordshire in the uk uh you could tweet me on uh at eric Ruley, uh or uh uh you know find us on on google plus i guess yes that would be good <laughs> google plus do, do you actually <laughs> I, just, I, I just know i was gonna say facebook and i thought Actually, no, I'm just going to, I'm just reading off my, my email signature. I'm like, I, should, I shouldn't do that. I just say, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Eric Rooley, uh, or, uh, our website is at www.overpass.co.uk. Uh, and you can see, see some of the apps that we've done. I have to say, uh, just, you just made me think, you know, when I put the show notes together for a lot of the guests, then, uh, the, the most infrequent, uh, social network now is Facebook. No one seems to have Facebook there for business. And, uh, yeah, it doesn't really it, it, work. It's LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, well, th- that's pretty much it. But uh, no, Facebook people are not using that for because it's it's just hard, isn't it? What you know, when you're using it for business, you tend to use it just for your family and friends. Yes, yes, I uh, yeah, that, that's really the same with me. I don't really just let anybody into my Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn, so you know, I I, I basically connect to everybody on LinkedIn. So if you're a social marketing expert, which everybody is. Yeah, go ahead and connect. Great. Well, thanks for joining us on the App Guide podcast. All the best uh, with uh, everything that's going on there. And it's great to know that you're just on my doorstep. So I'm sure that we'll be <laughs> hooking up for a drink sometime soon. Thanks for joining us. Great. Thank you very much, Paul.